Lent 2021 happened almost entirely during the third lockdown. As such, my sermon was hoping to prepare people for how they can go on that spiritual journey by themselves at home. There are a couple of references made to scripture verses and prayers, which you will not be able to see on the website, but which are included in the description of this episode. This episode begins with a couple of scripture readings before moving into the sermon, and it was preached at St Mary's Dis, but was live-streamed to an audience at home. You are listening to a sermon from the Pilgrim Path with your preacher Samuel S. Thorpe. So let us hear from the Holy Scriptures. Our first reading is taken from Genesis chapter 9. God said to Noah and to his sons with him, As for me, I am establishing my covenant with you, and your descendants after you, and with every living creature that is with you, the birds, the domestic animals, and every animal of the earth with you, as many as came out of the ark. I establish my covenant with you. Never again shall all flesh be cut off by waters of a flood, and never again shall there be a flood to destroy the earth. God said, This is the sign of the covenant that I make between me and you, and every living creature that is with you. For it and for all future generations, see, I have set my bow in the clouds, and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and the earth. Our second reading comes from Psalm 25. To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. My God, I put my trust in you. Let me not be humiliated, nor let my enemies triumph over me. Let none who look to you be put to shame. Let the treacherous be disappointed in their schemes. Show me your ways, O Lord, and teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth, and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. In you I have trusted all the day long. Remember, O Lord, your compassion and love, for they are from everlasting. Remember not the sins of my youth, of my transgressions, Remember me according to your love, and for the sake of your goodness, O Lord. Gracious and upright is the Lord, therefore he teaches sinners in his way. He guides the humble in doing right, and teaches his way to the lowly. All the paths of the Lord are love and faithfulness to those who keep his covenant and his testimony. We hear from the Gospel, according to Mark. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the Spirit descending like a dove upon him. 
and a voice came from heaven. You are my son, the beloved. With you I am well pleased. And the spirit immediately drove him out into the wilderness. He was in the wilderness for forty days, tempted by Satan. And he was with the wild beasts, and the angels waited on him. For the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. May I speak in the name of God, who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Lent is upon us once again, though it finds us under different circumstances than we have been accustomed to in the past. This year is different even from last year, where we met for the first couple of Sundays as we made our pilgrim journey through the season of Lent. Yet no matter the circumstances surrounding any given season of Lent, its heart remains the same. A heart which on Ash Wednesday, our Vicar John reminded us is grounded in prayer. As good Christian men and women, we should pray at all times and in all places, of course. But sometimes it doesn't come easily. The season of Lent is an opportunity for us to lean into that sense of uneasiness, that spiritual discomfort. For it is in the wilderness that our hearts become fertile ground for spiritual growth. John rightly reminded us that prayer is about more than speaking to God. It's about listening to God, perceiving his presence with us and his wisdom for us. And so each week we shall be reflecting on prayer through different themes, such as the power of creation to inspire, the resonance of music and artistic beauty, words and phrases in books, and the significance of places and spaces. The joy of prayer is that its riches are limited only by the imagination of God himself, for he remains always free to reveal himself to us in both familiar and surprising ways. And I expect that today's theme is no exception. For the Holy Scriptures, the writing of the Bible, are in my mind characterized precisely by this balance of familiarity and surprise. The passages we've heard today are ones which we are likely familiar with. God's covenant with Noah marked by the sign of a rainbow, and the baptism of Christ by John the Baptist. These, and today's psalm, offer us three crucial insights into the Christian life with God. In Genesis, we see that God speaks. God is not, as the deist might say, one who made the world, sets it running, and leaves it be. No, he is the living God who speaks with Noah and makes him a promise, much as he had spoken with Adam and Eve, and as he will speak with Abraham, Joseph, Moses, the judges, prophets, and many other people throughout the scriptures. If we take the Bible seriously, we cannot escape the reality that God is more than an abstract ideal, such as a philosophical first cause or 
a metaphorical notion of truth from goodness. No, the Lord is one who communicates with his people through perhaps not always the ways that they might expect. And on the theme of our expectations, our psalm brought us to a second insight, that God leads his people. When we think of God's leadership, particularly at the start of Lent, with Jesus's 40 days in the wilderness, symbolically reminding us of the Israelites' 40 years wandering in the desert, we can think of dramatic signs and wonders, whether it be the Israelites being led by a pillar of cloud by day and fire by night, the parting of the Red Sea, or even scenes from Jesus's own ministry, with the many healings and exorcisms, the calming of storms, the walking on water, and the catch of fish, and the turning of water into wine. All of these works are done by the Lord, but they are not the only kind of divine work which she does among us. Psalm 25 shows us several ways in which the Lord leads David. The Lord teaches David, who says, Make me to know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths, lead me in your truth, and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. David desired to grow in understanding, as we each should, according to the grace and ability that God has given us. The Lord encourages patience in David, who says, O oh my God, in you I trust, for you I wait all the day long. Be mindful of your mercy, O Lord, and of your steadfast love, for they have been from of old. God may act dramatically in our lives, but our lives still continue on and along. Even a moment which changes everything has to be sustained with patience, a lesson which I myself am continually learning afresh these days. The Lord shapes David's character and his attitude. David asks God for forgiveness, that he may walk in his paths. And he ends the psalm by saying, May integrity and uprightness preserve me, for I wait for you. Our pilgrim journeys of faith should comprise all three of these aspects. We are to learn about the Lord through the scriptures in church and by prayer. We are to exercise patient faithfulness, and we are to grow in character, pursuing the humility of holiness, that we might remain within the blessings of God's steadfast love. And so our scripture readings have shown us that God speaks to us and that he leads us in his ways. Our gospel reading goes beyond that, Indeed, that is why we call it good news, for in it we have witnessed Jesus of Nazareth being baptised in the waters of the river Jordan. And straight away, coming out of the water, the heavens open, the Spirit descends, and a voice says, You are my Son, the Beloved, with you I am well pleased. This is of such overwhelming significance it's a pity that we're often numb to it through our over-familiarity with the story. 
the Son of God, who is one with the Father in the love of the Holy Spirit, is a human being called Jesus from Nazareth of Galilee. The idea of God as an abstract, external philosophical concept is thoroughly and utterly rejected. God has become tangible, so much so that he will die a genuinely human death for us upon the cross, and then, days later, offer his disciples the chance to touch him, to put their fingers in his wounds. For it is to his death on the cross that Mark's Gospel will inexorably trace the life of Christ from this moment of baptism in the Jordan. This is why this Lent we are located by the font, to remember that Christ was baptised into the act of cleansing for the forgiveness of sins, which we all need in order to be saved. In the waters of the Jordan, Christ, God himself, symbolically articulated the promise of his association with us that was made in his incarnation as one of us. Having taken on our human flesh, God has irrevocably and eternally committed his very self to each of us. The promise articulated at his baptism that he would take on the cleansing of our sins is demonstrated by his death upon the cross and in the inability of the power of sin and death to restrain his love for us and to keep him in the grave. Rising to eternal life, Jesus lives as the enduring sign of his promise to us, much as the rainbow has been a sign of God's promise to Noah. This is why we respond to his promise of salvation by being united to him in the waters of baptism. Just as he shared in our death, so we share in his life. This is the gospel. This is who we are praying to. This is who speaks to us, who leads us, and with whom we are eternally united by the presence of the Holy Spirit. And I labour this point because Christian prayer is ultimately clothed in Christ himself. He is the meeting point, the linchpin which congruently holds together divine reality with our human reality. It is in his presence that church becomes what she is, the body of believers, the bride of Christ, with whom God will live forever in eternal glory. Just as prayer is clothed in Christ, so the Bible itself follows the same pattern. I have said that God speaks, some would say that God reveals, and that what he says is his word. In the beginning of John's Gospel, we hear that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And each week, as we have done today, we have ended our scripture readings by saying, For the Word of the Lord, thanks be to God. So does that mean that the Bible is God? Well, not quite. The Bible is a collection, a library, 
of writings written by many people over many centuries. And these people, however fondly remembered, were nonetheless people like you and I. They had virtues to commend them, and they had flaws to condemn them. We only have to look at someone like Paul to see open acknowledgement that this was the case. Some would argue that we should therefore try to peer behind the text, to sort of assess the strengths and weaknesses of the writers, to make allowances for their weaknesses, or even things we perceive to be their mistakes. Yet this is to introduce our own weaknesses and assumptions into the mix. Who is to say that a point of disagreement is a sign of weakness or mistake? Now, I believe that just as the humanity of Jesus is so important for our salvation, so is the humanness of the Bible, the scriptures. And this humanness is the key to being able to call it holy scripture. The Bible is the word of people who are flawed, yet who by the grace of God have been empowered to speak faithfully in accordance with the truth that they have received from God. Just as Christ has redeemed human nature, the Spirit sanctifies our human words about God. And when we read prayerfully, we engage with what God has to say to us, even across the centuries and the cultures, so that it seems as fresh and alive to us, even as Christ is alive today. And this means that we have to pursue the Bible with a degree of humility. It summons us to listen to it not as though we know already what it has to say, not as though it only confirms what we have already said to ourselves, but to listen in such a way that we are lifted outside of ourselves to hear what only God can say to us. We are to listen in such a way that we are able to hear what only God can say to us. We return to John's reminder that prayer is more than just speaking to God, but listening for God to speak. When it comes to praying with the Bible, one of the most helpful spiritual exercises you can do is the practice of Lectio Divina. There are several different ways and forms of doing it. But what it boils down to at its core is spending time with a portion of scripture. Don't just read a passage once and move on to the next or carry on with your day. Take some time to reread it again and again. Allow your mind to wander around the meaning of the words and to look for those moments of resonance and insight. When I was first studying at the London School of Theology, there was a weekly charismatic prayer meeting with worship songs led by a band. It was an exciting and lively service. Yet one week they had no band. They got us all to sit in silence and they gave everyone a Bible to read. They prayed and then we kept silence for the next three hours. Some people left after 10 minutes, and that's fair enough. But many stayed longer, and even thinking back to that night gives me chills 
for around the room over those three hours, people met with God in scripture. Several of them were reduced to tears. I myself was one of them. That's not to say that I cry every time I read scripture. I don't. But I share the story because I am convinced that God speaks to us through scripture. That through scripture God leads, and that he not only meets with us, but by the presence of his spirit, unites us to himself. And so I encourage you in this first week of Lent to make some time to read your Bibles prayerfully. If you're not sure what to read or where to start, then I suggest you go to our website, thisteamministry.org.uk. And on the page for today's service, you'll find that I've posted a couple of references to various prayers in the Bible itself, which you might like to use as a starting point. You might find it helpful to pray as you begin, to ask that God will open your eyes afresh while you're reading. Don't hurry or worry that you have the wrong questions to ponder. Just read, notice, pray and reflect. You might find it helpful to find an audio Bible on YouTube or maybe you have one on CD. Listen to the words afresh. And maybe in the midst of the familiarity of our passages, God might just surprise you this Lent. After all, Jesus himself prayed for us, saying, Righteous Father, I know you and know that you have sent me. I have made your name to them, and I will make it known, so the love with which you have loved me may be in them, and I in them. Amen. Um.